Well, welcome, everybody. We are so happy that you're here with us. Welcome to uh, PWH, also known as? Pathway Home. Pathway Home. (laughs) This is our podcast, but it's more than a podcast. This is also... Uh, this is also your church. This is like a discipling there kind of go. moment where yeah. we talk about the Bible just in conversation. conversation. There we go. So welcome. You are invited into the conversation. And uh, uh, I'd also like to invite you, if there are specific topics that you want us to touch on, let us know. Um, let us know what those topics are, That uh, the questions that you have. Um We'd love to just sit down and talk those things through. Whatever questions you got, bring them on. <laughs> bring them on. You can find us at Instagram on PWH or Pathway Home. You can find us at pwh.tv. Um, and you can ask us your questions there. Yeah. And just uh, right here, you'll see the links right here on the bottom, the little icons. And you make sure you follow us there and ask us any questions you have. All right. So let's jump in. Yeah. Today, we've got a great topic for you yeah (laughs) let's talk about it so we are actually talking with pastor kyle the topic on end end times how this is uh something that's going viral something that a lot of people are talking about a lot of people are scared about and from a pastor's perspective can you tell us do you believe that we are in the end times oh brother let's get into it (laughs) yeah all right so here we are we're going to talk about uh the end times and uh, Amy's question was, um, do you believe that Jesus is coming soon? Oh my goodness. Listen, I'll tell you what Jesus said. Nobody knows the day or the hour. And that's, that's the, that's the easy verse, <laughs> the easy verse of nobody knows the time. Yeah. Um, and so if somebody says, well, are we in the end times? Is Jesus coming soon? When is he coming? Uh, all that stuff. I'll just tell you right now, I'm not going to make any prediction about when he's going to come. No, I do believe, and I could be wrong, but I do believe he's going to come back in my lifetime. I really do. Um, But actually, that is actually kind of a moot point, because whether he does come back in our lifetime or he doesn't, um, well, either he's going to come back for us and we're going to see him face to face or we're going to die someday and see him face to face all the same. <laughs> so, so whether, and nobody promised us tomorrow. No. I mean, my dad, my, my dad has been in heaven with the Lord for over 17 years now. He died at 49 years old, hmm. 49, just one, literally he was in church. We're in a Wednesday night service. And at the end of the Wednesday night service, boom, collapsed, done that fast after the service right after the right as he was ending the service wow and uh nobody promised you tomorrow nobody promised you tomorrow and so you could meet jesus today car accident heart attack stroke some i don't mean to be or not meet jesus (laughs) right i don't mean to be morbid or anything but the reality is nobody promised you tomorrow yeah and so either we're going to be raptured and we're going to meet the lord or we're going to eventually pass on from this earth and meet the Lord all the same. So whether, whether it's tomorrow or whether it's 70 years from now or a hundred years from now, however, however long you walk on this earth, you need to live like you are ready for now. Yeah. You need to live every day like Jesus is coming back. So back to your question. Um, is Jesus coming back soon? Yes. Um, 
Do I know? No, nobody knows. Not even the sun knows, which that's a beautiful thing. I'll get into that in a little bit, what that actually means when, when not even Jesus knows. Well, isn't Jesus God? Yes, but there's some beautiful imagery to it. So nobody knows the day or the hour, but Jesus did say that you will know the times, that you can read the signs of the times. Mm-hmm. Jesus said, um, Matthew chapters 24 and 25 especially uh, give a lot of information about the end times. Jesus is in Jesus' own words. He said that you will know you uh, the the you can identify the beginning of the birth pains, mm-hmm. beginning of the birth pa- birth pains. He said there are wars, rumors of wars, famines, pestilences, uh, all this all this stuff that's happening uh, in the world. Well, that stuff is nothing new. Yeah, that stuff has been going on for a long time. And I think that that's something that people say. All the time also, like the verse in Second Timothy that people will be lovers of self. And the first thing that people say is, well, hasn't this been going on forever? Yeah. And, you know, the Bible even talks about the very same questions that you and I ask today. Say, yeah. well, they've been saying Jesus is coming back for, what, 2,000 years now? Yeah. And so what makes you think that he's going to come back soon? Mm-hmm. Well, soon to God and soon to me are very different. (laughs) Very Very different. different. I mean, soon to me is like 10 minutes soon to God. Well, he said, Lord, I'm, I'm coming quickly. Well, he said that 2000 years ago. So here we are. So what makes it different now? Because it's right. The, the, the wars, rumors of wars, famine, pestilences and false prophets and blah, 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 blah. All of that has been happening for a long time. But Jesus said, you can read the signs of the time when the when the fig leaf starts or the the fig tree starts shooting out its its uh, its leaves. You know, summer is near, mm-hmm. and that's one of Jesus's own metaphors for the end times. He says, if you are paying attention to what's going on in the world, you know that the time is drawing near. Now, I have watched my wife give birth four times. It is a, a painful process. It's a messy process. Uh, I don't mean to get graphic about it or anything, but but Jesus said the signs of the times are the beginning of birth pains. I remember when my wife had the beginning of birth pains. They're called Braxton Hicks contractions, mm-hmm. and it's where the mus the the stomach muscles just start tightening up, but it's not really pushing yet. Yeah. It's just kind of moving things into position in it, moving the baby into position, and that can happen for several weeks, and then as the baby. Uh, gets time, it, it comes time for, for labor, the beginning of the birth pains stop and they start getting harder and they start getting closer together. So there, Jesus said, all of these things are the beginning of birth pains. Well, there comes a moment where the beginning of the pains have to end and then you go into more uh, uh more uh, heavy contractions. And then there comes a moment where the heavy contractions end and you are in full blown labor. And so when Jesus said the beginning of birth pains and he mentions famines and pestilence and wars and rumors of wars and all the other stuff that he mentions, those have been going on for a long time. And at what point do those things end? And now the contractions are harder mm-hmm. and you can feel them. Yeah. The, 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 the initial birth pains, you can feel those things. Yeah. Some of them are even a little bit painful, but they're not as painful as the real contraction 
And they're certainly not as painful as the full-blown labor where you're only minutes from this baby being born. And those contractions are very close together and they are very intense. They're very hard. I believe that uh, 19 years ago, actually this year, it'll be 20 years ago come September 11th. September 11th, 2001 was a very hard contraction. It literally shook the world. When, when it, it certainly shook the United States and it was sure, certainly a call for the United States to come to repentance, which it did not do. It did not, our, our country did not humble ourselves before the Lord. And so when, when the attack on the United States happened, September 11th, 2001, I believe that was a, a, a very hard contraction. I believe that we are in the end of the beginning the beginning of the birth pains i think those are coming to an end and we're starting to go into much harder contractions and very close to full-blown labor that is my assessment of the situation yeah and you know what i really see a lot on tiktok and a lot of things is fear fear that jesus is coming back soon and you know the way that i've always approached it is that as believers Jesus coming soon is not a scary thing. It's this is what we're waiting for. Like this is our hope to be one. Like you said, there's two things that are for sure. Either he's coming or I'm going. But in that, there's joy that I'm going to meet my Savior. So what would you say to the people that say, okay, Pastor Kyle, let's say that it is in our lifetime. Let's say that it isn't. And they're feeling fear in this moment. How would you respond to that? Should there be fear? Uh, no, there shouldn't be fear. <clears throat> um, I think there. I think if you don't know Jesus— I think you need to be concerned. I think you need, well, I think if you don't know Jesus, there should be a level of fear. It is by God's kindness that he leads us to repentance. But the Bible also says, by the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. We persuade people because this stuff is real. It is not a game. Now, what about those, those of us who have received Jesus as our Lord and Savior? Uh, there shouldn't be fear. And God does not give biblical prophecy for the sake of fear. Prophecy is actually for comfort because he's giving us the end of the story and he's giving us the way we can prepare ourselves. Well, what about financial collapse and pandemics and, um, you know, a one world government and losing our freedoms and all of that stuff? Yeah, that stuff is certainly concerning. But all of that stuff is temporary. What's what, you know, Jesus said, um, don't fear the person who can kill the body. Fear the one who can cast your soul into hell. Yeah. And, and no government in the world can cast your soul into hell. They can kill your body. They can take away your freedoms. They can take away your finances. They can. Uh, oppress you. And that's, that's nothing new. That's been happening for thousands of years. Um, but Jesus is very specific. Don't be afraid of those who kill the body because the body is temporary. Your spirit and your soul are eternal. And those are in the hands of God. He is the ultimate judge of the good or the evil we did while we lived in this body. That comes from second Corinthians chapter five by the way. Yeah. 
I think one of the biggest things I see, and you know, the reason I talk about this is I was sharing with you earlier, and I'll share it now, that there was a time, I think I was probably 16 years old, but there was this moment where this video was shown in church, and they were talking about the end of time, how Jesus can come back in a blink of an eye, and I remember the music was so loud, and it said, when it said blink of an eye, it said, like everything was started going, and people started running around saying, oh, I was left behind, I was left behind, and I thought at that moment that I was already saved, but I look at my friend and I go, hey, I think we should go up and accept Jesus one more time just to make sure. <laughs> and, you know, when I, as I'm talking about, I think that that's something that's very real to a lot of people that they're scared of. Well, am I really saved? Is this something that I really am? Because in order, you know, when you say that you are really saved, then you know that you walk with this, no, Jesus got me. Yeah. But then when you see all these news coming out and people saying, hey, Jesus is coming back soon, repent, you get this fear. And it's almost this lack of accepting what has already been done. Mm -hmm. So what would you say to that whole once saved, always saved, to the person that feels that fear like I did? <laughs> like, how does that go in? Or what's your opinion on that? What, about once saved, always saved? Once or? saved, always saved, and having that security that, you're, that you have salvation. You can actually go to pwh.tv, and in the FAQ section, I have a video on the once saved, always saved thing. It's probably going to be about, it's probably about 10 minutes long, 10-ish minutes long. Make sure you check that out, guys. That's important. <laughs> check it out because I answer that question in full. And it's, it's, you, you run a big risk when you say, uh, can you lose your salvation? Yeah. Um, by just giving a simple answer, yes or no. Mm -hmm. um, I don't like to give a simple answer because it's open to so much different interpretation. It can cause fear without understanding the nature of sin without understanding the nature of God's grace and salvation mm -hmm. and the seriousness of sin and what repentance actually means. Yeah. Um, and so uh, you go to pwh.tv, FAQ yeah. section, and, and I've got a video that gives a more full explanation of it. Um, but the Bible does say in Ezekiel chapter 3, it talks about Ezekiel, the prophet, being a watchman for Israel. Yeah. And he says, uh, and the Lord says to him, if a wicked person repents and repents re to, to repent means a 180 degree turn. I was going this way. Now I am going that way. I've turned my back to sin and my heart is inclined towards the Lord. Okay. So if a wicked person leaves their wickedness, repents and turns towards the Lord, the Lord will forgive. But then it says a very interesting verse that I think a lot of people have forgotten about. It says, but if a righteous person repents of their righteousness and starts doing wickedly, their righteousness will be remembered no more. Mm. Wow. wow. So you can repent from your wickedness and turn towards the Lord, but those who are with the Lord can actually repent of their righteousness and turn their hearts back toward wickedness. Now, uh, so it, even the, the Israelites, they were saved out of Egypt. They were saved from their slavery, right? Yeah. And so in, in, in essence, they were saved. <laughs> but during their 40 years in the desert, what were they doing? They were making idols. They were longing for the food of Egypt again. Even there, there came a point where it says, our soul abhors this manna. Mm -hmm. In other words, I am tired of the bread of heaven. Yeah. 
and, and, and it says this in the King, uh, the new King James version would that we had the flesh to eat. In other words, we want meat. We're, we're tired of, we're tired of this manna bread. I want some meat, but I, I, even the, the, what it says, how they said it, I want the flesh to eat again. And so they have people they're making idols. They're complaining that God's trying to kill them. They want the food of Egypt again. They keep trying to get people to take them back to Egypt. Build up new leaders for themselves. That's right. Back. And so, but they're trying to go back. And this is, by the way, this is very intentional. They are deliberately and intentionally trying to go back to the very thing God saved them from. And in Hebrews chapter 4, it talks very specifically about that wilderness period. He said, that generation that wanted to go back to Egypt did not enter into my rest. Yeah. And when you read about it in Hebrews 3, it talks about, you know, the, the deceitfulness of sin. Mm-hmm. That their unbelief led them to that place. Like that verse always strikes me because it's not about this is the day. You know, this is the day of salvation. But I love in Hebrews 3, I'm just going to pull it out for a little bit. Just because it talks about exactly what you're saying. So Hebrews 3 says this, this is why the Holy Spirit says, if only you would listen to his voice this day, don't make him angry by hardening your hearts like your ancestors did during the days of their rebellion when they, when they were tested in the wilderness. There your fathers tested and tried my patience, even though they saw my miracles for 40 years, they still doubted me. This ignited my anger with that generation, and I said about them, they wander in their hearts just like they do with their feet, and they refuse to learn my ways. Hmm. Whenever I read that verse, it reminds me of where, I think it's where we've always been in human history, but really where we are today, where even, you know, as they wander in their hearts just like they do with their feet, like it's just not there for them. It's not, it's not connecting heart, mind, and soul. It's not connecting, and we're yeah. away from God. Yeah, and then in, in chapter 4, uh, this this uh, uh, this narrative of the Israelites wandering away from God goes from Hebrews three and it trickles into chapter four, and it says in chapter four, "I swore in my wrath that they will not enter my rest." Now, these are the people; these are the people who were saved, mm-hmm. and they didn't get into the promised land. That's that's very telling. You were saved. And then rebel, 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 complain, idolatry, go back to the flesh, wanting to go back to Egypt. And he says, you're not going to enter in. Yeah. That, that's huge. Well, I mean, it's like what Paul says, you know, shall we go on with sinning? By no means. Like we have been saved from that. Now we move forward. And I think that we've kind of taken this backseat and, and not understood the urgency of the time that we're in. That's right. And if we're saying Jesus is coming soon, then that should be treated with urgency with absolute awe and respect and that there's no time to waste in sin the book of revelation says blessed are those who keep their garments clean keep yourself clean keep your heart clean before the lord because this is not a game i believe jesus is coming soon i do believe he's coming within my lifetime i would even go so far as to say i think now, I could be wrong, and I'm willing to admit if I'm wrong. I think in the next 10 years. Am I right in that? Maybe. Maybe not. Yeah. But the way I see things shaping up in our world, the signs of the times, 
the the beginning of sorrows or the 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 initial birth pangs i think that's coming to end and i think we are rapidly approaching full blown labor and what happens at labor the baby is born yeah and 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 the end of those contractions and the end of those sorrows come and and i think that's where we are you know, there's. I've been in prayer meetings where this becomes a, a prayer, and and maybe you can help me understand this, and maybe people like me. Hey, before we go on, let me yeah. just let me bring a, a wrap up to the question you asked. Yeah. Um, you know, can you lose your salvation? Um, based on what we've just talked about, and we can go again in the pwh.tv video. There's I go. <laughs> I go more into depth in it. Yeah. But. The short answer is yes, you can. And there's ample biblical evidence. And we just talked about Ezekiel and the book of Hebrews chapter three and four. But somebody here is wondering, oh my gosh, have I lost my salvation? If you are worried about it, don't be. Because the people who lose their salvation are people who have deliberately, intentionally, wholeheartedly, and with full knowledge are turning their back on God. But people who say, Lord, I don't want to lose my salvation. Did I, did, did I just lose it? No, you're good because your heart is still inclined towards the Lord. People can claim the name of Jesus, but their heart is inclined towards wickedness. Hmm. There, and there's a difference between people who stumble into wickedness or stumble into sin and who hasn't. Yeah. But your heart is still inclined towards the Lord and you still repent not you don't lose your salvation when you when you have a bad thought or if you said a bad word that it's like oh my gosh all of a sudden i've i've you know i've i slipped through god's fingers and i'm on my way to hell no it's it's not that easy book of romans chapter 8 says nothing can separate you from the love of god but you can wander away from his hand hmm. you can wander out from his covering but just if you're if you're wondering and if you're scared if you've already received Jesus and you think you're about to go to hell because you did something wrong, 1 John 1, 9 says, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. He is very willing to forgive. And I think the issue of once saved, always saved, which is a totally false doctrine, is, is your heart inclined towards the Lord? Or have you walked away from the Lord intentionally? So if you're worried about it, you shouldn't be because <laughs> you still love Jesus yeah. and you still want to follow him. My mind is going a lot of places right now. All right, let's just get back to the end times, though. Yeah, just because, well, I don't know, because I've talked about once saved, always saved. So my mind just went a hundred different places. Mm. So, yeah. Hold on, give me a sec. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Pastor Kyle, with back to the end time thing, what would you say, just in simple ways, in simple terms, what is the tribulation? The tribulation is a time of unparalleled terror on the earth. Wow, it sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> so, such a joyful description of it. But Jesus talks about it. He said there's a, uh, in Matthew chapter 24, he says there's um, there will be a time such as the earth has never seen nor will see again. That's pretty intense. Then you jump over to the book of Revelation and it talks about the judgment of God being poured out on the earth. 
There's judgments that have to do with the seals. If you've never read the book of Revelation, it is not for uh, for scary purposes. It's actually the book of Revelation is um, uh, a very short uh, understanding of it is Revelation 1.1. It says the revelation of Jesus Christ. The book of Revelation is about Jesus. It's about our relationship with Jesus. It's about persevering. It's about faithfulness. Um, so there's judgments, the seal judgments, the trumpet judgments, and the bowl judgments that that are are uh, unleashed on the earth. Okay, and we don't have time in this podcast to go through every one of those things, but there are judgments, and there are very terrible judgments that happen because people refuse to repent. Though God has given ample witness, ample time for people to repent, and those who refuse to repent will suffer God's judgment. And you say, well, gosh, is, is that me? The Bible says we, meaning those who love and follow Jesus Christ, have received him as our Lord and Savior, we are not appointed to wrath. So let that be comfort for you. Yeah. We will not be here during the judgment of of God on the earth. Meaning during the tribulation. During the tribulation period. Where the Bible talks about it talks about it in the book of Second Thessalonians, talks about it in Revelation, talks about it in the book of Daniel, about this Antichrist figure. Mm-hmm. This uh I think Thessalonians talks about the man of lawlessness. Um uh, being unleashed and it talks about this this one world government. It talks about uh you know, and there's archetypes uh, for this throughout the Bible. Nimrod in mm-hmm. Genesis chapter 11 is this archetype. Actually, he's the founder of Babylon. And then there's Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon. And then at the very end, you have the great beast and the whore of Babylon. Yeah. And so Babylon throughout the whole scripture is this archetype of this antichrist, worldly, filthy, wicked spirit that that governs everything and don't think for one moment that we don't live in Babylon right now because we do and there's a terrible antichrist spirit that is that has been unleashed on, on the earth what would you say i know you've talked about in, in conversation we have the spirit of babylon like when you say that how can we understand that what does that actually mean what are the times that make us say we are living in times like babylon um throughout the entire bible you have uh you have Babylon mentioned and Babylon is never a good thing. And this is still the end times conversation, by the way, yeah. that when you understand the spirit of Babylon through the scripture, it gives you a greater understanding of what it says in the book of Revelation at the very end about the whore of Babylon. By the way, there are two women in the book of Revelation that are juxtaposed with each other. There's the whore of Babylon and the bride of Christ. Mm. And you have the option of which one you will be a bride saves herself for one and only one. A whore fully sells herself out to the things of this world. Jesus is coming back for a bride, not a whore. And the whore is, is in, in the book of Revelation, is identified as the whore of Babylon. Throughout the entire Bible, Babylon is never a good thing. The very first uh, uh, indication of Babylon we have is the Tower of Babel. Mm-hmm created by uh, by Nimrod and his cronies. Mm-hmm. The Lord had said to, uh, previously in the book of Genesis, uh, uh, multiply and fill the earth. What does Nimrod do? He conquers people and he brings them together as one. 
in one place, direct in direct conflict of what God had said to fill the earth. But why does he bring them in one place so that he can rule them? And so then they say, let's build this tower up into the heavens and we will make our name great. Babylon, by the way, the, the meaning of that is the gate of the gods. And so he builds this, he start, at least starts building this tower whose height is in the heaven. And who's going to go through the gate of the gods and ascend on high and become like the most high whose seat is in the heavens? Oh, we got little Nimrod over here. <laughs> this, is, this is his idea. And I want to rule all the peoples as one. I want them as one place, one people. They're under my rulership. You know what? The, uh, the, the, the anthem of the spirit of Antichrist is, you know, because the, the, there's a song that Where goes, oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's the anthem of progressivism, progressive left humanism. Imagine there's no heaven. Hmm. Right. No hell below us. I can't even remember all the words, but imagine there's no religion. There's no heaven. There's no hell. There's no countries and the world will come together as one. I mean, it sounds nice. Pretty song. But when the world comes together as one, who's going to be ruling over them? Under what spirit is it going to function? I can promise you it's not going to be the spirit of Jesus. Because the world hates Jesus. And they love the Antichrist spirit. So that's Nimrod. You can see it in Nebuchadnezzar. He does the exact same thing. He's the Babylonian king. He uh, uh, he rules the world, or at least the known world at that time. And he does the exact same things that the uh, the beast of Babylon, the man of lawlessness, the Antichrist, does in the book of Revelation. Yeah. In, remember in the book of Revelation, it talks about the the, the Antichrist building this golden image of himself and he commands the people to worship it. Yeah. Wow. Don't you realize that the guy in revelation who did that in Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon back in the book of Daniel did the exact same thing. That's correct. He builds this big old image of himself out of gold and he commands the people to bow before it at the sound of the music. Completely worship only him. No other thing. Yeah. Uh, Only worship him. And, but, but I I need you guys to hear this. He says, I want you to bow to this at the sound of the music. How does the whole world bow to this spirit of antichrist? It's easy. You've got your headphones in, you've got your earbuds or your, your AirPods in, in, in your, your ears and 24 seven, you are pumping into your head and into your soul and into your heart the theology expressed in the music of this world with every beat it's talking about sex talking about drugs talking about violence talking about immorality it's talking about you choose your own way it's talking about stick it to authority and it's talking about this that and the other and how great sin is and if you pump that into your soul 24/7 
The moment the spirit of Antichrist in this world, in whatever form it takes, says, I want you to bow down to this, you have an entire generation of people who will fall to their knees. Why? Because they have lit at the sound of the music, they fall down in worship. And if you think about it, just all the different platforms where you can get it now. It's almost like these platforms, like social media is a really good thing, but it's also a really dangerous thing. And when I see a lot of stuff that goes on, it's almost like we're becoming numb to sin. Mm-hmm. Because Absolutely. It's, it's now normal. And because it's normal to us or they want, we want, you know, they want us to become numb to it. We, we want to be normalized to it. When we're confronted with the truths of the church, of, of the Bible, it's kind of like that's antiquated. Yeah. That's old time thinking. That's not for this now. It's not for us. You know, we've progressed from there. You know, I'm glad that you said it's antiquated or ancient thinking. This is just an ancient book of of uh, passe morals by written by men. Yeah, written by. (laughs) We'll we'll do another podcast on that. (laughs) But Jeremiah chapter six says because everything that you read in Jeremiah, it looks like the United States. And and it's absolutely terrifying. But Jeremiah chapter six, he says, remember the ancient paths walk the ancient paths just because the path is old does not mean it's antiquated Mm. old and antiquated are two different things ancient the ancient path of repentance the ancient path of godliness the ancient path of righteous living and not living according to your own standards that is an ancient path but it is not antiquated it is what will cause you to either be saved or condemned. Yeah. And so we are we are you know we are told by the Bible itself look for the ancient paths. The ancient paths is walking the way of holiness. It's walking the way that God has prescribed us to live in this earth. And so back to the tribulation, we have this spirit of antichrist, this spirit of Babylon in this world. And it's um it is uh, uh, going to unleash the judgment of God because people refuse to repent. They refuse to humble themselves. They refuse to stop worshiping the idols made of their own hands. Well, you know, Pastor Kyle, come on. We don't make idols of wood and gold. Listen, an idol is anything in your life that usurps God's position in your life. That's correct. So whether it's, it's, it's money or a relationship, whether it's your own self-will can be an idol. Uh, and anything of that ilk is uh, is an idol, and because people refuse to stop worshiping themselves and and their own ideals, said it will invite God's judgment. Now, let me give you a little hope in all this. We will not be here for the great tribulation, which I am super pumped about <laughs> because I don't want to be here yeah. for this. Now, why do you say that? <clears throat> because Jesus himself talks about the end times as in the days of Noah and the days of Lot. Okay, so he says in the days of Noah, they were uh, being married. They were g- being given in marriage. They were doing business. They were, they were sowing their crops and harvesting their crops. In other words, all up to the day of the flood of the of God's judgment where he literally wiped out all life on earth except for Noah and his family and the animals in the ark. He said up to the day of the flood everything was going on business as usual. Yeah. 
people were still they're, they're starting their lives, they're starting their businesses, they're planting their crops, they're getting married, they're doing all this stuff. And they were they were heedless to Noah's preaching. They were heedless to him building the ark because it had not rained on the earth up to that point. And so Noah in the middle of a plain or in, in the middle of, I don't know if he's a mountain or what, he's building a big boat and he says, hey, it's going to rain. And people say, what's rain? Oh, yeah, this whole world's going to fill up with water. And <laughs> you're crazy. It's not going to happen. But Noah preached. The fact that he was building the ark was a sign to them. And they just kept heedlessly doing the things that they always did until it says no, until the day Noah went in the ark and it says the hand of God closed him in the ark and the judgment didn't come until God had taken Noah into a place of safety. Now it says the same thing about lot. Lot was in Sodom. Uh, now if uh, Sodom was an incredibly wicked place, it's actually uh, the place where we get our word sodomy from, and it was incredibly gross and depraved, so much so that that two angels came into the city, if you don't know the story, two angels came into the city um, in the form of men, and they said, we'll sleep, we'll sleep out in the city square, it's okay, and Lot said, no, 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 you, you come to my house, and the city was so depraved and wicked that all of the men of the city came and pounded on Lot's door and said, hey, where are those two guys that came into your house? Bring them out to us so we can have sex with them. That's disgusting. It's, it's depraved. Yeah. And, and these weren't just men. These were angels. And the angels told Lot, they said, the, 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 this, city's, this city's rank putrid sin has come up before the Lord and the Lord is going to judge it. And he said, but I cannot release God's judgment until you are safely out and in, 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 in a safe place. So Jesus said the end times are going to be the times of Noah and Lot. Both of those times, extremely depraved. Uh, it says in, in chapter six, that uh, chapter six of Genesis in Noah's time, it says that every thought and intent of the human heart was continually wicked. In other words, human beings had become the exact opposite of what God made them to be. And so are the times we live in now. Depraved, wicked, people desensitized to sin, doing business as usual, and heedlessly headed towards God's judgment, God's judgment not believing the signs that are right in front of them, not believing those who will preach the gospel of repentance. And so in both of those instances, Noah and Lot, he said, before the judgment falls, I need to take you out. Yeah. And so before God's judgment falls and the great tribulation happens, God will take his righteous people out. Because again, we are not appointed to wrath. We are appointed to God's mercy, his judgment, I'm sorry, his love and uh, his, his grace, not his wrath. And so I believe that before that time comes, Jesus will take his church out. His hand, like in Noah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he says, in other words, I can't let my judgment fall until I've taken you who are righteous to a safe place. You know what I love about um, when we talk about Noah, and I really want to touch on this because it's something difficult. He was able to stand when everybody else was just going about business as usual. And I think one of the hardest things to do is to stand. 
you know, when you have all these influence around you, all these pressure around you. I would even say, um, and you, you can give me your opinion on this, because of all that surround us, it's even harder when it comes to temptation, even harder oh to keep yourself away from it. Yeah. Even harder to, to you know, to, to stay in this covenant with God because you're so exposed, like everything's just so, it's just there. And so I think that, you know, as we're talking about Jesus is coming soon, it's important that we, you know, realize that it's necessary and urgent that we stand. And not only standing, but Noah was building a big boat. Yeah. Irrational. It was irrational. Everybody around him thought he was nuts. Yeah. And so how much more are those of us who who uh, stand for righteousness and, and say, no, the Bible is the word of God. No, Jesus is the only way, the truth, and the life. Yeah. Nobody comes to God except through him. And we and we continue to live righteously and denounce wickedness. And people think we're crazy. And we got to expect um, that there will be hatred because of that. Well, Jesus promised there it. There will be rejection. And I think that, you know, there's something that I talk about often because it's, it's almost like as those pressures come in, well, like I got to change something. No. If the world doesn't hate you, if the world doesn't hate us, we're doing something wrong. Uh, yeah. And that's where you got to really look. And I'll even talk about this podcast. This isn't something that you'll hear in many churches because nobody wants to talk about Jesus coming back. We want, you know, what what fits the flesh and, you know, we'll go to the itching ears, you know, whatever fits me. Yeah. The Bible was never meant to fit us. We were supposed to be molded, and, you know, and, and changed by it. That's right. So in this time, you know, in, in whatever pressures you may be feeling or anything, that's important. Like Patrick Howe said that, one, we stand, but two, be okay with people looking at you like you're crazy. <laughs> Isaiah chapter 59 talks about all of the multitude of sins in Israel. And actually what God did with Israel is really the pattern of what he does with any nation that abandons him. And so it talks about there's no truth, there's violence, uh, nobody, uh, uh, courts are falsified, and it, it just talks, people spin their their spider's webs and lay their uh, their viper eggs. And uh, it, it talks about a lot of sin and the depravity that had come into Israel. And it says uh, somewhere in the middle of the chapter in Isaiah 59, and I'm sorry, I don't have it open in front of me, but it says this, that those who stand for righteousness make themselves prey, not P-R-A-Y, P-R-E-Y. In other words, they make themselves a target because of their righteousness. Hmm. It, it, that's that's hard to hear. Yeah. Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And he also says, don't be surprised when they hate you yeah. because they hate you for my sake. And when they hate you, it's really because they hate me. That is the spirit of antichrist. Yeah. And we are called to stand. We are called to be preachers of righteousness. We are called to live in truth and justice and salvation and proclaim it to people and people that lots of people love their darkness and they love their sin. I think one of the key things that you said right now is that people are paying attention to how we live mm. and that's why we're going to be judged. I love that John MacArthur, he says that you might be the only Bible an unbeliever ever reads. Yeah. And as we're living in this time, it's important, like you said, stand, but to be like this reflection of Jesus we don't make sense to the world. We go against its customs because we're not from the world. We're just surgeoners passing through. And we're going to be finally with Jesus forever. 
And as we're getting to that place, the world is watching. They're seeing you. And we have an opportunity right now to let other people know who Jesus is and this salvation being available for all. Why don't you just, why, why don't you tell people how, because we're coming to the end of this podcast. We need yeah. to, we need to uh, do more of this on another podcast. Um, why don't you just tell people real quick, if they're listening to this right now, and they're not sure if they're saved. How can they be sure? What steps can they take? This this is what I know for sure. When Jesus says, it is finished, I believe that it is finished. And when we come to him and we confess him as our Lord and Savior, we're also believing in what he has done in our lives, in that the work was finished when he went on the cross and he took his our sins upon himself. So if you today want to make that prayer and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to ask that you repeat this prayer after me. Believe it with all your heart. And in this moment, like the Bible said today, today, do not harden your hearts to him. And just open up your heart, allow him to soften your heart and accept him today as your Lord and Savior. So repeat after me, Jesus, today, I confess you as my Lord and Savior. I know that you came, that you died for me, and that you rose again. So today, I repent of all my sins. I ask that you forgive me, that you wash me clean, make me new, so I can begin this relationship with you. And we pray this in Jesus' name, and we say, Amen. So if you prayed that today, just know that you have been saved in this moment, and heaven is rejoicing when one sinner repents from their sins and turns to Him. Amen. Amen. And when you receive Jesus, you also receive the confidence that you are in God's hand. That's right. And that if you knew how much Jesus loved you, you would never be afraid of anything ever again. There's no need to fear the past, the present, or the future. Whatever trials or tribulations you face, whatever comes uh, upon this world, whatever birth pangs or contractions or full-blown labor that we see, whatever things lay before us that are daunting or look like a terrible storm in front of us, you know Jesus is with you. And, and, you know, I'm going to, as we end this podcast, I just want to say something that I said to our congregation on Sunday night, that there's a lot of people who are really concerned about our country right now. I'm concerned about our country right now. I think we're steaming towards God's judgment really fast because there's a lot of wickedness that's happening. Uh, There's been a lot of wickedness that's been happening for decades, but it seems to be accelerating in these days. And, and. One of the, the, the primary defensive weapon that God's given us is called the shield of faith. If we knew everything, then we wouldn't need faith. If our thoughts were as high as God's thoughts and we knew the end from the very beginning and we knew every step along the way and exactly how everything was going to happen, then we wouldn't need faith. But we have a shield of faith. Now, uh, back in when that was written, that we're talking about the Roman shields that were probably from about your ankles up to about your nose. Yeah. And so it's almost the, the, the entire body length of a person. And I love that picture that that is our faith because there's a lot of things that happen. It's like, what's going to happen next, Pastor Kyle? I wish I knew. Yeah. How is this going to look? I don't know. Why is God doing it like this or that? I don't know. <laughs> I really yeah. wish I did. But there are moments where it's like, but Lord, I prayed for this and it didn't happen. 
Why? I don't know because I prayed for it too and it didn't happen. You know, even I, I mentioned my dad at the beginning of this podcast, man, not just me and my family were praying for him, but literally tens of thousands of people around the world yeah. were praying for him and he still died. And so it's like, why? I can't pin you down, God. I, I don't understand these things. And that's when you have the shield of faith. Hmm. And it's not faith in God's ability to do what you think he ought to be doing. It's the faith in his character that he is good, that he is good, and that he is faithful always. And so, even though you can't pin him down, and you don't know what it's going to look like, and you don't understand why he does certain things or why things play out a certain way, you say, "I do believe you are good, and I do believe you are faithful." And it's like you take that big shield, you slam it down on the ground, and that you you just hide behind it, and you say, "I am going to trust you in this, mm-hmm. even though I don't understand it." That's our shield of faith. Lord, right. I believe your goodness. I believe your faithfulness. And I'm going to hide behind that. He's our shelter. He's Absolutely. Our shelter. Amen. The name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run into it and are saved. That's what we lean on. You know, and all these questions, like we said, end times, a lot of questions, but we lean on him. We trust in him. He knows more than we do at the end of the day. Yeah, that's true. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining in to this podcast, and we will see you very soon. God bless, guys. God bless.